0: Hello there, Chiefs Kingdom. My name's Tom Charles, and welcome to a very, very strange edition of the Arrowheads Abroad podcast. Strange because Brad and Dave aren't actually here with me today. Um, Maybe they're on a picket line protesting me because I don't pay them to do this work for me every week. Um, I'm not too sure, but they've left me to it this week to, to fend for myself. So I've drafted in our good friend of the show, Seth Kaiser from Arrowhead Pride who probably makes up for the pair of them in terms of humor and knowledge of the Chiefs. Um, so no pressure, Seth.
1: Oh, yeah, none. I figure if I if I can't uh, entertain, I'll try to inform, and if I can't do either, well, you know, what are you going to do? I'm, I'm the best you've got, so. Well,
0: that's it. <laughs> if, if I listen back to this after the show and, it, and it's no good, I just won't send it out. Our, um, oh, there I was- go. We would have wasted both of our time, but... <laughs> at least we would have tried we would have tried it hey
1: i'll i'll take a break during the work day regardless <laughs> so i mean it's all it's all good to me i'm playing with house money right now
0: excellent excellent how are you doing anyway
1: i'm doing very very well i'm i'm you know in the middle of a, another productive fun-filled day been reviewing a lot of film all week and i'm really excited to see the chiefs play dallas this weekend it's it's a good time to be a chiefs fan my friend
0: it certainly is it certainly is before we get onto the chiefs how was your halloween i know you've got a few kids yourselves. Um, yourself yes do, you do any do, do anything in particular
1: um my my wife took them out trick-or-treating i was actually stuck at the house uh doing work being very boring being uh being tri-vocational having three jobs lends itself to some evenings you just got to get work done and so she took them out and she showed me a bunch of pictures and they were super cute and they came back all hopped up on sugar so that was fun <laughs> um but uh, yeah, it was it was a real quiet night for me. I was I was neck deep in in film because I wanted to record my own podcast, and so I mm-hmm. needed because I'm I just hate myself. So I made myself watch every run defense snap against the oh, Broncos wow. and take notes and chart. I I have a problem. I really do. <laughs> I, I I have issues, and so I spent most of my time doing that. So I don't know. I don't know about you. I mean, you know, pardon me for being an ugly American, but you guys do Halloween over there, right?
0: We do is. If you ask our, our parents like I'm I'm nearly 30 so if you ask my parents generation what they think of Halloween they hate it they go oh it's just a stupid american thing um, but my generation and the younger we've embraced it um well, why we wouldn't enjoy, you can't enjoy it yeah exactly I, any excuse to dress up um, yeah. outside of the bedroom is is fine with me <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> Um, oh man and and then the listeners turn off no because they've just always yeah, yeah, and then the li- really nasty and then thoughts. the listeners went fetal <laughs> yeah. um,
1: no it's no I and yeah exactly any excuse to dress up and be a little crazy it's fun I mean you know it's i i it's a little bit different for me now obviously than it used to be Halloween was a very different holiday for me when I was you know in my early twenties before I met my wife now Halloween's more like oh good the kids are gonna be sick yes <laughs> um But we did well. We limited to like a pound of candy each, give or take. So I felt like a pretty good parent, you know.
0: Responsible parenting.
1: Oh, absolutely. That's me all the way.
0: That's it. In other news regarding, I suppose, spookier things, um, Stranger Things. Are you a fan or not?
1: You know, people keep telling me to watch it and they keep saying it's great and I, I just haven't had a chance to watch it yet. Which, you know what? I am looking for a new thing to binge watch on Netflix. Is it good?
0: Yeah, it's... I think it's great. Like, you know like the whole 80s children films like the Goonies stand by me that sort of thing. Yeah. Like imagine one of them but with weird stuff going on supernatural stuff like Sweet. freaky stuff like gets you thinking gets you a little bit oh my god what's going to happen next. It's I think it's a perfect blend of sci-fi supernatural and then the family feel of those 80s films. Um for me there's so much nostalgia in it as well. Um it's it's perfect. I, I genuinely think it's up there with the top series of all time. Oh, really? Like, yeah, you know, I, I I'm gonna but... have
1: to give it a shot. I, I keep I, I have less and less time right now because I just the only time I have to watch anything is like right before I go to bed. Right now I'm re watching old friends episodes. So wow. I mean yeah. Well I've I've gotten kinda desperate and so well, you know, the thing with those is I fall asleep in like fifteen minutes. And yeah. so Maybe, that my problem is if it's something that's really good suddenly mm-hmm. you know it's four in the morning and I've gotten no sleep
0: yeah and it it will it will grip you like that it did oh. me straight away like oh, good. what is in your mind right last thing before we get onto the Chiefs I promise sure um, what's the greatest series of all time in your mind the greatest the television you, series of all time the one you can go back to Friday Night Lights Fr- ah Friday Night Lights I'm not no. saying it myself
1: oh my goodness they just took it off Netflix and you are missing out really um oh it's fantastic it's so much it's so much better than the movie was it's it's an utterly fantastic show and it also i mean like <laughs> this is going to sound crazy but i promise you if you have people that have watched a show who are who, who are married they will agree with me on this my marriage is better for having watched that show <laughs> and how true so? story because because the, the main couple in it coach taylor and tammy taylor they've got such a great marriage and such a great picture of marriage that it's like you know we really should imitate that a little more great show fantastic show Matt Saracen is my hero that doesn't make any sense to you but it will when you watch that show because Matt Saracen is basically Alex Smith as a high schooler it's great fantastic show I can watch it over and over
0: am I right in thinking this the film's the one with Billy Bob Thornton in is that yes Yes. yeah that's the 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 film and the the
1: film's not bad I mean it's all right and that one's the one that's kind of based on loosely on a true story Okay. Whereas the the TV show is entirely fictional, it's actually what uh, introduced the world, for the most part, to uh, 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 Michael Jordan, the actor, Michael B. Jordan. He he comes in on it, you know, the guy who's in Creed and is going to be yes, the new yes, Black yes, Panther yes, yes, movie. Yes, yes. Yep, he's, he, that's where he kind of, it seemed like it was his first really big role, at least the first time I heard of him, um, in the third season, or fourth season. Anyway, it's amazing, give it a shot if you can. I don't know where you'd find it now though, because Netflix took it off because they're jerks and I hate them.
0: Yeah, see, you, we've got a difference here. Uh, UK Netflix is no way near as good as American Netflix it's um, not no we don't get the same stuff like i i actually logged on when we were in kc just to have a quick look and you guys are treated so much better than us like we well, pay the same spoiled. price it's it's so it's a it's a completely really yeah same price it's just not i wonder as good.
1: why that i wonder why that is we could go down a legal loophole there for a while <laughs>
0: let's um, do it let's do but it but <laughs> i just
1: don't understand whether maybe because is there different copyright stuff going on in the uk do you need to buy the rights again I have I no idea, but you're I, the
0: lawyer, so let's...
1: Yeah, I don't know, that's just, that's not right. That's terrible <laughs> for you, because i got to tell you, Netflix, now that you've seen like what we have in America, you can understand why it's like a way of life. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, just because everything's on there. I mean, there's so much. You could search through Netflix for two hours and not even come close to scratching the surface of everything that's available.
0: Crazy, crazy. Yeah. And just to think that Blockbuster turned it down and said it wouldn't work. Oh <laughs> more for No, now.
1: that's yeah, now Blockbuster, they're they're feeling the pain there.
0: <laughs> Anyways, we've digressed. We're eight minutes into the show and we haven't even talked Chiefs once. Um, oh right, the Chiefs. The Chiefs, yeah, they had a game on Monday night. Um They did. A, a funny game. A twenty nine nineteen win against the Denver Broncos. See I like beating the AFC West teams. Mm. I like beating them by double digits. Yes. I I felt fairly relaxed on on Monday, maybe not as relaxed as I should have, but yeah. overall, it was comfortable. Yep. It was similar to a game when we played the Broncos a few years ago at Arrowhead and Peyton Manning kept the Chiefs at arm's length. The Chiefs were in the game, but they were always at arm's length. Yep. I felt like roles were reversed. We we were playing Peyton Manning and the Broncos on Monday night.
1: Yeah.
0: Why has there been so much negativity after a win against the best defensive unit in the whole of National Football League?
1: Well, you know, there's a lot of reasons, and people seem to vary. I think the, the two losses in a row left a bad taste in people's mouths, and so they still have things that they are upset about. And the two things that the Chiefs actually struggled in are hot-button issues for the fans right now in run defense and the offense overall Alex Smith especially and so I think those just happen to be hot button issues and so people are really ready to have their buttons pushed and because uh, I agree with you there was not a single point in that game after the Chiefs took that 7-0 lead I was not stressed throughout that game like late in the third when they pulled within one score I was surprised how not stressed I was. I was like, man, I wish they'd put them away. But I had no doubt they would go down the field and get a field goal, even though the offense had had a couple rough drives in a row. Mm-hmm. I knew they'd be fine. And they were. So I genuinely don't know why people were so stressed out about it other than they really wanted like a you know, 40-point beatdown. I got to tell you, Chiefs fans over the course of the last few years have gotten a little spoiled because they win way more than they lose
0: exactly and And, yeah with with the wins it obviously becomes expectation Mm -hmm. and it's not maybe as a fan base we're not used to winning because we had so many dark years before Andy Reid right um was was in town at one point it did look like the Chiefs were gonna blow out the Denver Broncos yeah 14-0 up Marcus Peters intercepts the ball um and then we're, Travis Kelsey has a large gain and then we're at the Broncos 9 or that yep. might, might have been 8 yard line <laughs> yeah. and then comes one of the weirdest coaching decisions and Andy Reid's had a lot of them yeah. um, that, that <laughs> I've ever seen you've got a guy behind centre or under centre that's not thrown an in interception inception this season one of the horse, highest quarterbacks in the league people are talking about being an, an MVP mm-hmm. so what do you do? you, you give the ball to... Um, Tyreek Hill, your five-foot nothing wide receiver, um, who's left-handed, we found out on on Monday night. Um, well, he says he is. <laughs> uh, yeah, and, uh, <laughs> is
1: is he saving face because he yeah. can't believe he did something that <laughs> stupid? Maybe. <laughs> and
0: then he, he, he's throwing the ball to Ross Travis. You know that trusty old end zone target that is Ross Travis in oh, yeah, triple sure. coverage.
1: Um, when you can, when you can run a. a Halfback, but wide receiver option to the opposite hand of what most guys are throwing it to an unreliable at best tight end. You have to do it. Yeah, of That's, course. That's you know what other choice do you have? No, that was bizarre, and I think that play um, is one of the reasons fans walked away with a bad taste in their mouth. They were smelling blowout, mm-hmm. and they didn't get one. Although they got a comfortable win. And it felt like Andy Reid and the offense kind of crawled into their shell after this first half ended. Because um, they had something like 199 yards in the first half, and they ended with like below 300. And I know, you know the announcers are giving all this credit to the Denver defense, but it, if you noticed, um, Alex didn't check into any deep shots, despite the fact that they were playing single high coverage like he did in the first half. Um, they, they they really seem to crawl back into that, you know, I'm Andy Reid, I've got a two-score lead, we're just gonna sit on this lead and let this thing die, and I think people hate that.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I I can understand why they hate it though. at the same time, because it reminds me very much of the way the Chiefs have been for the last few years, where they've got into those leads and then sat on it, and then we've ended up having some nervy finishes, where Earlier this year, the Chiefs looked a bit more cutthroat, a bit more had a bit more of a killer instinct in them. Where these last two games, especially against the Raiders, that sense of that tend to fall off from the Chiefs' game, where they could have put the Raiders away, they didn't, and then they were right. allowing the Broncos to come back into the game. Mm. Um, so I get, I do get the frustration there. Um, one theory that has going around, or has been going around. Um, obviously, you can't you can't run on this Denver defense. It's just impossible. So you are relying on quarterback play. Some people are saying that Alex Smith looked injured. Are you buying into that at all?
1: Um, I did notice. You know, a lot of people were talking about. It seemed like he was kind of shaking his arm a lot after plays. Um, you know, I haven't heard anything. And he did. You know, that strip sack. I mean, that's gotta hurt. You know, mm-hmm. I mean. So what I'm thinking is maybe he jammed a finger or something like that, or you know, just had his arm a little bit bruised up. I think we would have heard about it if he was injured. I mean, I would imagine. Um, and so, I mean, maybe... I mean, I think he might have been a little bit nicked up. He did miss a couple throws that he's been hitting this year. Um, but, you know, without hearing anything, I think to me it's just kind of idle speculation. I think part of it is just Denver's got a really good defense and it yeah. messed with him a little bit.
0: Yeah, and for sure, they are... For me, they are the best defensive unit in the league. Um, I,
1: abso- if they're not the best, they're the second best. I mean, they're they're that good
0: like they are good you look at their defensive line they're strong in the middle of the defensive line with like yep. Derek Wolf. you've got Von Miller on one side Shane Ray on the other then you've got Marshall or Brandon Marshall the good Brandon Marshall yes a, a linebacker and then you look at their, their secondary and for me Tlaib and Harris are probably the best cornerback duo in the league along with the pair in Jacksonville um, yeah well and then their
1: their third their third corner's solid too. I mean they're just they're a good, good, good defense. Now the Chiefs traditionally have been able to exert themselves a little more against the Broncos mm-hmm. than other teams. Um which is, you know, kind of an interesting deal. But I you know, overall Alex didn't play particularly well, but he did stick some really important throws. He made some plays on drives where they really needed points. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I said, it just felt like they kind of crawled into that shell. And I know that drives fans crazy to hear that as an answer, but you can't, unless Andy just got smoked on the halftime adjustments, which I have a hard time believing, considering how he's done this year with that. Yeah. It really just looked like they said, "Yeah, we're gonna sit on this lead. We're not gonna do anything new. We're just gonna kind of, we'll run our offense, and if it works, it works." But they didn't really pull out anything fancy, and I don't mean like you know Tyreek Hill throws the ball yeah. fancy. <laughs> I mean, you know, and then plus Denver, they're just, again, they're just a good defense. They're fast. They're, they, they were really able to bottle up Kareem Hunt, and I think that was the difference between this game and some other games this year where the Chiefs did the same thing, except it was a little more satisfying to watch as a Chiefs fan because Hunt was just throttling teams on the ground and the just the Broncos' run defense is too good for that. I mean, they were really in, in the second half especially they were stacking the box daring the Chiefs to audible out and throw it deep and they didn't for the most part. And I don't know, it'd be interesting to me to see that exact same half of football if the game were tied. Cuz exactly. it really felt it really almost felt not quite schematic but close.
0: Exactly. And the important thing was that the Chiefs were driving and they were scoring points. Like mm-hmm. They weren't leaving points on the on the field. Okay, they did in that one aspect with Tyreek Hill. But in the yep. second half, when they needed to add a couple more points just to tie us over, they did. They put themselves in a position for the leg that is Harrison Butker. So um, come on, <laughs> what a fine that kid has been. Yes. Like, yep. In a few years' time, I'm, I'm looking forward to telling my grandchildren that <laughs> the guy that kicked the game-winning field goal in Super Bowl 52... I actually went to his debut at Arrowhead Stadium and saw yes. saw the one kick that he missed, the only one he's ever missed. Like, and how, on that day, did...
1: and on that day, I met Minnesota Chiefs fans. Exactly. Oh, for yes. Forty five the... seconds, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yes. No. I, he's been he's been phenomenal. Um, you know, it was when they cut Santos. I was surprised by that. Mm-hmm. Um, which, you know, and I felt bummed for him too, because Santos has done a good job. I have not worried about a game winning field goal in a couple years. I mean, he's been, I mean, you worry, right? Cause you know, yeah. anything can happen, but by and large, he's been pretty money. Yeah. Um, and, but then, you know, even at that first game, you know, the very first time Bucker kicked off, it was like, Oh, well, that got some leg on it. Yeah. And then you know, then he missed the first field. It's like, oh no, Lord. But <laughs> but I mean he hit that clutch field goal and I mean he's just been he's been automatic. He's got a big leg on him. You know, he's had to do, you know, a fifty yard plus and he doesn't seem to have any problem kicking that distance. Um I I think he's been a heck of a find, you know, and the thing with him is he's a rookie. And so for a few years they're gonna have a dirt cheap rookie. And Santos, I think they were paying a couple million bucks. And those little things, those, those those dollars here and there, that adds up. That matters a great deal.
0: Yeah. and One other thing with Harrison is that I don't. I wasn't at the game, but from what I saw on TV, it looked windy. Like the kickoffs, especially, looked like they were all falling short, um, and the wind was against them from one side. And the one kick that he hit from 50 yards was. I'm pretty sure he had the wind against him and hitting his face. Um, I, I think that's why he
1: line drived it like he did.
0: But to, to to do that is is highly impressive. Like if that was Vinatieri doing that, or Matt Bryant from the Falcons, you'd be like, well, or Justin Tucker, it would be like, wow, well, this guy's a good kicker. And then for to have a rookie do that for us, and like you said, to have so much confidence in your mm. kicker must mm. be so great for Andy Reid. Like we all remember when in the Colts playoff game when we only really needed a field goal, but there was no no trust in suck up whatsoever by Andy Reid and yeah. so we kept the offense on the field and ultimately proved the wrong decision it's, it's so nice as a Chiefs fan now that we have a great offense but if they do stall we know that if it's within 55-60 yards mm-hmm. we can send on Harrison and we've got three extra points which proved pretty, pretty pivotal on, on Monday night mm-hmm. to be fair he was the diff- he ultimately was the difference
1: Right. And, you know, NFL kickers are all good. I mean, Mm. every one of them. And so there's not – the difference between one kicker and another often comes down to your confidence in them from 45-plus yards out. Because NFL kickers are that good these days to where pretty much everyone's going to be automatic inside of 45 yards. Um, That's just how the NFL is these days. Except, you know, your occasions where you got kickers who, you know, they get bad juju and they can't do it anymore. Um but generally speaking, that that's how it goes. And with him, like you were talking about the distance and against the wind, I mean, he just – he there's confidence in him. That was one area where I liked Santos a lot, but 50-plus yards, I was usually like, that's ah, it's probably not going to go in. Mm. Whereas with this guy, I, I feel pretty confident about that because the leg that he gets on all his kicks. I mean, you know, even that 50-yarder 50 – I think he's 53 yards into the wind, and it still could have cleared by a few more yards. That's impressive. I've always said that with kickers, you know, if you can find a kicker that's consistently reliable, plus 50, that's a weapon. Because when you think about it, like you said, you don't have to get nearly as close. It adds, what, 17 yards? So you can have barely crossed midfield and be in range to score. You know, you barely, you know what, get to like the 40 or maybe a little beyond, yeah, and you can still be in range. Whereas with a lot of kickers, you got to get to you know the thirty or the twenty-five, and that's a big deal. That's why I always hated playing Janowakowski.
0: Yeah, uh, because it like... didn't
1: matter. It didn't matter how far the kick was. He always made those huge ones, and that's a weapon. I always said if you could get it, if you could find a kicker, there's got to be some incredible athlete out there somewhere, right? Who could would, could train himself up like say if LeBron James had decided I want to be an NFL kicker instead, okay? Yeah. Could he be a guy who kicks eighty-yard field goals? And if you could find a guy who could do that, would he not be worth nearly as much as a franchise quarterback? See, now no. I'm, I, I, I'm I'm trying not to drag us down a path here, but I've been thinking about this a lot.
0: <laughs> See, no, I I I don't agree with you because being English, obviously, our main sport over here is football mm. or soccer to you, and you'll be surprised that like size and and muscles really doesn't decide how far or how hard someone can kick a football. Um oh. believe me, like I don't know, I've not kicked many field goals myself or attempted to, but it's it's all technique. Like the, the, the smallest guy I know can kick a, a football or a soccer ball. Um so hard that it will break your fingers if it hits it. Like it's and it, it, all he all he says is all technique. And you look at his legs and that they're they're like sticks. There's nothing on them. So really? maybe if you if, maybe if you had a guy that was built like, like built like LeBron James that you could fake with. Now, there's a different story. So maybe you've got a, you've got an American football-style style or basketball-style body that can kick the field goals well, but at the same time, if you want to fake, you just give them the rock and let them get that yard. <laughs> Yeah. And then now, the... now, now I'm on board with that.
1: See, I, yeah, and that makes sense, I suppose. And I've been told that there are just simply limits to what the human body can do with kicking. <laughs> and so, because this has long been a, a pet theory of mine that specialists that we tend to ignore, if you had like a generational one, or like, say, a punter who could, no matter where he was at on the field, pin him behind the 10. Those guys would be worth huge amounts of money. But anyway, I've dragged this far afield, the Chiefs. <laughs> Sorry about that. That's just yes. a pet project of mine that I'm thinking. How much would you be willing to pay a kicker who could hit 80-yard field goals?
0: Well, I would pay them... Well, not a lot, actually, because I don't have any money. I don't even pay Brad and Dave. For that, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, touche, yeah, yeah. touche.
1: Um, but, yeah, anyway, the Chiefs against the Broncos, people are mad. I think it's silly. Um, there's I, – I get that they have concerns. And, look, the run defense has some very real concerns. I went back and watched the film. You know, part of that, though, and this is something that I brought up in my podcast. I brought this up on Lockdown Chiefs, and so I'm just going to continue to repeat myself, apparently. um. I want you to think about something with regards to run defense. The two worst games the run defense has had this year has been against the Steelers and against the Broncos, right? Yep. You notice in neither of those games the opponent scored even 20 points?
0: No, I didn't until you said that.
1: Yeah. And then, let's say, one of the best run defense games they've had this year was against the Raiders, and the Raiders put up 31. Okay. Bob Sutton seems, at least as far as I can tell, and a lot of people are starting to notice this now, with this two defensive linemen strategy he's got, where he's constantly pulling into nickel or dime, and he's constantly going with two down linemen, and then he's got Halley or not Halley, but he's got like Ford or Houston playing as though they're playing 34 outside linebackers, except there's no 30 and there's mm-hmm. no four, right? <laughs> yeah. So, Because people say, well, it's like they're like defensive ends. They're really not lined up like that. They're not. For one, they're standing up. That changes things with regards to leverage against the run and a lot of other things, right? Yeah. But two, the assignments he's having them do, it's not like they're playing like traditional 43 defensive ends. Then in the meantime, you've only got one linebacker on the field. And when you say, th- I mean, you cannot ask anymore for a team to run on you barring like you know well maybe we'll go with one defensive lineman and they do that sometimes too
0: (laughs) so what do you reckon it is do you think it's a case of right we're gonna let you run on run on us until we get to the uh, our own red zone and then that's it we're gonna go for bend and we're not gonna break and you can hit field goals if you want but you're not getting in our end zone
1: It really feels like that. And the other thing it feels like, you know, when you, you know, let's say they get the ball on their own 20 yard line and they're basically saying, we don't think you can successfully run a 15 play drive on us. Mm -hmm. We want to avoid big plays, which, you know, they've had some issues with big plays this season. Um, And that's one thing that tightened up against the Broncos. And that's the reason why the defense was more successful. Um, They just seem to say, okay, we're going to keep you from doing big plays, we're never going to turn the ball over. And we've got a pretty opportunistic defense, and so sometime in those 15 plays it takes you to get to the 10-yard line, you're going to make a mistake. And we're going to capitalize. That feels like what they're doing. They're forcing teams to run 15 plays instead of 5. And also, with 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 run, with run defense and with running the ball on offense... A few more things need to go right for a successful run play, right? You you need everyone to do their job so completely. Yeah. Whereas a quarterback making a good play and a wide receiver making a good play can compensate for almost anything else that goes wrong. Whereas you can kill running plays dead in the water if not everyone does their job. And so I think they're saying, "We don't think all, you know, we don't think all 6 of your blockers and your running back can execute on 10 plays in a row. We think we can stop them." I, I think that's what he's thinking. Otherwise, I can't imagine what else he's thinking. And it does seem to, I had someone say, it's the most, it seems to be effective, but it's incredibly disheartening to watch. Because again, the Steelers ran the ball all over the Chiefs, but the passing game couldn't get going. They couldn't score over 20. Same with the Broncos. A, a good running game, unless you're playing from, you know, ahead of a team, it just doesn't seem to help you that much. At least with regards to putting points on the board. And so I think that's what's going on. The problem is in games where the offense can't get it going and the Chiefs can't get a lead in the first half or in the third quarter. That's when it starts to really hurt.
0: Well, yeah, that's that's the problem. If your team, are you are up, the opponents have to abandon the run. It's too time consuming. Um, I think that's been the big problem against the Steelers that we've never really held a lead against them. Um,
1: Absolutely. If they could get if they could get up a score or two on the Steelers, I think they would force Big Ben to throw more. And Big Ben just does not look like what he was a year no, or two ago.
0: No, and I could list a, a list. I could have a list as long as my arm of quarterbacks that don't look exactly the same as they did a year or year or two ago. Um, I'm not going to digress into. Pat Mahomes talk But I definitely think The Chiefs have done The right thing there Preparing yes, for the future um, Absolutely One thing that I am s- Scared of um, And this is something I thought about this morning I don't know why I was brushing my teeth At the time And I thought about Alex Smith And I was preparing for the show In my head And I, I All of a sudden thought Imagine Imagine If Alex Smith was a Bronco Like We've had a Smith Leave the Chiefs And go to the Broncos before And had great success And um, Trevor Simeon was awful on Monday night. Like, terrible. Like, one of the worst quarterback performances I've seen in a very, very long time. Yeah, that was bad. The Broncos' defense are an elite unit. Imagine if they had a quarterback that didn't turn the ball over. Uh Imagine if they had Alex Smith, the play he's playing right now. And so, in my mind, I'm sitting here thinking, as soon as the season's over, and we're getting ahead of ourselves here, as soon as the season's over, the first NFC team that offers you any form of draft pick for Alex Smith's contract you deal that straight away because if you give one of these good defenses in the AFC, say the Jacksonville defense or a Denver defense, then all of a sudden you're talking about Super Bowl favorites if they can get half decent callback play. I don't know how you feel about that. It's just something that I thought about this morning and mm-hmm. and it's kind of played on my mind all day. I'm thinking give up draft picks let him go to the NFC.
1: Um, I think there's some wisdom in that. I think if you get him out of the division, you're basically facing the same analysis except like one game sooner in the mm-hmm. playoffs. Um, here's my only thing is, you know, if you look at Alex Smith last year, the way he played most of the year, um, even though he wasn't awful, he wasn't a quarterback that I was afraid of being in Denver. I just okay. wasn't. Because he's got a specific set of weaknesses that I think the Chiefs could take advantage of. Mm-hmm. Um. The way he's playing this year, you know that's a little. (laughs) And then plus with the Broncos, with the fact that he does have such an intimate knowledge of Andy Reid's offense, I don't think that's something you want to hand over to a division rival that you Mm -hmm. see twice a year, you know, and that you need to beat in order to even get to the dance. Usually, Um, the thing is though, with with Alex Smith doesn't come Andy Reid, and I do think that it's impossible to. Separate the success Alex Smith is having this year from what Andy Reid's doing. Now Alex is throwing the ball better. Make no mistake, mm-hmm. much more accurate down the field. His eyes are up for longer. I mean, you know, he had a, you know he had a great play against Denver. Just you know, where he kept the play alive, kept his eyes up, and then Harris just dropped it. Would have been yeah. a first down. Would have changed the game. But you know, he so he is doing things better. But he's in a system that's so friendly to his skill set, and I just don't think a lot of other offensive coordinators could imitate it. I think maybe Kyle Shanahan. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure Belichick because he's a wizard.
0: But <laughs> An actual wizard.
1: Yeah, an actual wizard. Um, but I just, beyond that, I, and so I got to tell you, like Alex in Jacksonville doesn't scare me because I don't think they're offensively well-coached enough to take advantage of his particular strengths. Is he better than Bortles? Sure. But he, he just doesn't scare me Outside of a specific circumstance. Now, of course, now that I've said that, you know, they'll trade him to Jacksonville and he'll win three MVP rewards in a row. <laughs> um, but I just, I think if Alex continues to play the way he's playing and they trade him in the offseason, which I think they're probably going to do, which, you know, again, I'm just trying to enjoy this season. Um, but if they do that, I think there will be enough competition for his services that you don't need to go the route of just giving him away to an NFC team. Because I really do think, if, if I'm Jacksonville, because you see, you know, they traded for Darius. They really think they've got a Super Bowl-level roster. Yeah. If I'm Jacksonville in the offseason, I mean, given how disappointing the quarterbacks have been, that, you know, was just going to be such a great historic class, just like every year, and now they've all disappointed except for, like, Jackson. Yeah. Um, You know if you're Jacksonville and you're going to be picking probably fairly late because it looks like they're going to have success this year, don't you offer up a first rounder for Alex?
0: Well, you do if it's your Super Bowl window.
1: Yeah, exactly. If... And, and I think it is for them because they've got a great defense and they've had a ton of cap room. That cap room is going to gradually go away.
0: Yeah. They've got too, and, many, su- they've got too many superstars on the defensive side of the board that they eventually yep, have to pay. They,
1: they do. They've managed to obtain some guys a little on the cheap, but that doesn't last, right? Success leads to guys getting paid and guys getting paid leads to guys getting out of town that's yep. just what happens to every team that's why you know in the salary cap era teams can't stay together but if i'm jacksonville i'd be willing to offer a very good sum for alex smith with how he's been playing um you know as far as teams in the nfc i you know it's just it's tough cuz it's got to be a real specific situation it's got to be a team that has cap room but also thinks they are a good quarterback away from the Super Bowl. Yeah, because otherwise be you window. just uh, yeah otherwise you just draft a guy, mm-hmm. and so that's an oddly specific thing. Um, but the way Alex is playing this year, I think is making the number of potential teams. I think it makes that list grow because he's been playing that well. And so, I mean, that's another reason to root for him to continue to play well, other than the fact, of course, that the Chiefs' Super Bowl chances are directly tied to Alex's level of success.
0: Yeah. Right, let's move on. Let's move on because I think we've got about three or four months ahead of ourselves there. And I, and I apologize <laughs> I apologize to everyone that's like, what are you talking about? Like, We're in the middle of a good season. Why the hell are you talking about trading Alex before it is?" It, it's November the 1st, for Christ's sake. Um,
1: it is, it, it is.
0: By the way, a side note, it's two years to the day that the um, Chiefs played in London, just to let you know. Um, and it's also two years to the day that the Kansas City Royals won the World Series. So um, yeah. good anniversaries. Right, last point on specific players. Marcus Peters. Attitude change, change, attitude change, or is he hurt?
1: Impossible to know. It's just I, impossible to say. He's playing differently, though. Yep, yeah, he is. Um, that That's without a doubt. And you know, I'm hearing people say, oh, he's always been like this. No, he hasn't. No. He has not always been this contact shy. Now, to be fair, I mean, he made a great tackle on an out route that resulted in Denver having to punt. Um, but it seems like unless he has to, he's laying back. So I don't know if he's hurt. He looks like he's moving just fine. Um you know a lot of people think oh he just is looking for that contract and I I have no idea but I do know that he's playing differently and I did have someone tell me that was at the game that after one of the plays where Peters kind of hung back mm-hmm. that Steven Nelson went over and got in his face Good. Now I don't I don't know how true that is or not and it might have just been something else completely But I do think Steven Nelson returning because, you know, they came into the league at the same time. They've kind of grown up together. And Nelson seems like a very, I mean, he's a physical corner. He's willing to go in there and hit. And he also seems like, hey, I'm not going to take crap guy. Like, just because Peters is the star doesn't mean I think he won't say something. Mm -hmm. Um, But I do join everyone else in wondering, would you see Marcus Peters doing something like this if Eric Berry were on the field next to
0: him? Eric Berry wouldn't stand for it.
1: I don't think he would. But the thing I, is, Barry is still with the team. He's on the sideline during games. But I think it does put you in a different position. You can't lead when you're
0: not you playing. Can't, you can't lead by example. And that's why I think we do miss Eric Barry. I think the team... We talked about this on last week's show with with Ryan from Locked On. Um, the team does seem to be playing a little less physical than normal. Yep. And I, I do think that all stems down to the fact that Eric Barry isn't there to set the tone physically. Um, I I think there is something missing. I I feel like the defense have lost a killer instinct, have lost some aggressiveness, and I think I think you're right. I d- I can't put my finger on why, but I, if I had to say, right, like, this is definitely going to be it. It would be the the loss of Eric Berry. Um, I just want to yeah. see for once. I just want to see Eric Berry, Derek Johnson. Well, maybe not Derrick Johnson now, but and Justin Houston on the field together. That's all I want to see. Just, yeah all three healthy but I don't think we will see that not to the top level ever again right finally Um, out of 10 we're halfway through the season rate mm-hmm. right, the Chiefs season so far 9 9 yep. I was going to say 8.5 Um, <laughs> the loss to the Raiders is the one that has yeah that sucks I can take the loss to the Steelers but if you told me Back in August, at the halfway point, we're going to be six and two, sitting joint top of the AFC with a two and a half free game lead in the AFC West. I would have bit your hand off and said, "Wham bam, ba- bam, bam, thank you, man. Wham bam, thank you, man. I'll take that." Like we can't really complain. Yeah, it's it's good. We're looking we've got the easier part of our schedule coming out. We're going to see Cowboys at the weekend. It looks like Zeke Elliott isn't going to play. Uh, mm-hmm. But you never really know with these NFL suspensions these days, like. Right. We well, sp-
1: the level of appeals. I actually tweeted about that because you know his lawyers filed another emer- you know a request for an emergency injunction saying, "Oh, you need to respond by Saturday who won't be able to play." And I actually tweeted out it's like I've had clients who have had their their children deprived of them. And they don't get a hearing that fast. Really? And so I swear to God, if he gets a hearing that fast, I'm going to lose whatever faith I had left in the system. Yeah, because it does,
0: it's just... It does, it's sport at the end of the day. It's not people's lives. It's like, it,
1: Exactly. I, and I understand that, you know, it's federal appeals court, not a district court, but still. It's like, I mean, that's not a real emergency, this is not, you know, th- th- this is not a real emergency. This is a, a sports emergency. Frankly, I kind of wish Elliott would play. The reason for that, they got to work out this run defense stuff, and I don't think you can do it against weaker opponents. But they still have a good offensive line, so... And it's not like his backups are horrible. No, Darren and
0: McFadden's so, called us, caused us issues in the past. So. Yeah,
1: and so it'll. It, I think maybe it'll be a good chance for them to like kind of like baby step their way back into playing competent again. Yeah. Um. But yeah, we're just gonna have to see every week. I keep hoping that DJ looks more back from the Achilles injury. Um. And every week I've been disappointed. So we'll see next week. I Derek Johnson has earned me being hopeful literally every week until this season's over every week every week i'm gonna look and see if he's if he's back to form because i just i'm just not going to accept anything else
0: well we we have the bye week coming up so maybe get through this week we've got a two-week break and let's let's see let's see how he gets on against the giants in in three weeks time um lastly Mm -hmm. I've got you here to uh, help us conduct a gold member prize draw. I don't know if you yes. are we have paid we have a paid membership whererias abroad that um, guys can pay twenty pounds a year into and we've gone out and bought loads of prizes for people and then we just do random draws throughout the season where whoever comes out of it will get a prize um this week the prizes are on on offer is one of a marcus peters jersey a um, a chief t-shirt. Or a new era bubble hat so first thing we're gonna do is we're gonna we're gonna draw we're gonna draw the name mm-hmm. From the hat we're gonna see who actually wins wins and then you're gonna pick option a B or C and What option you pick decides what they get Um so you're talking price value here from 75 pounds like $100 basically to 15 pounds so thanks for the thanks for the American translation I appreciate that no pressure no pressure So the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to I'm going to draw draw the name so whoever's at the top of this list after I draw it will be the winner Um, so our prize winner is actually Gary Harrison uh, member number 281 Uh, congratulations Gary you've won you've won yourself a um, actually I don't know what you've won yet (laughs) you've won yourself a prize he's won something you've won something so Seth now it's down to you to decide what and what
1: these these are win? these are in random order, right? They're in
0: random order so you They're can take random option order. A, option oh. B, option C. And I'm actually recording this on my phone the whole way through, so that people can't accuse me of any tomfoolery like I will fix in like oh, this this is legit. What oh, I prize, believe you. What prize is Gary Harrison, member two hundred and eighty one, going to win?
1: All right. Well you've got a voice I can trust, so I don't even know if you need the phone, but um, I'm gonna go with C.
0: Are you sure you want to go option C? <laughs>
1: uh, yeah.
0: I'll ask again. Are you sure you want to go for option C? Oh, come C? on! What I... are you
1: doing to me? <laughs> uh, I was just sitting there thinking to myself, man, I'm not that easy to manipulate. Uh, turns <laughs> out I might be. Um, No. How about we go... Oh, I cannot believe this. Uh, how about we go with option B?
0: <laughs> okay, we'll go with option B. Um, I was actually trying to steer you towards option A because i wanted uh. I wanted Gary to win the Marcus Peters jersey, but no, okay, option B is actually the chief's t shirt but because we 're feeling kind and we 've just hit one hundred members we're going to throw an option B and C. So he's won the new era bubble hat and the chiefs t-shirt because oh, that's I, f- good. I feel bad for the guy not win- winning a Jersey. Uh, well,
1: crap. I mean, I had, I, I mean, all I needed to do was be right once. And I had exactly. two chances with three <laughs> options. I mean, what are the chances of me screwing that up? Gary, I'm really sorry. <laughs> so Gary, that's if you have rough. any
0: complaints, uh, make sure you hit Seth up on Twitter at oh, no MN chiefs fan. Um, <laughs> If you want to go to oh, like, no. he is competition at the end of the day when it comes to podcasts. So if you want to go to iTunes, you can leave him a review. There's something called a one star.
1: Hey, hey, uh, hey. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> whoa, joking, whoa. What are, we, what are we doing here?
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, I kid. I kid. No, Seth, thank you very much for coming on to the show. no, and, um, no problem. Filling in for Brad and Dave because um, I can't get hold of them two at the moment. They're, they're an enigma, as it were. Like They disappeared. Maybe they've been lost in the set of stranger things. Maybe they're maybe they're watching Ooh, that. That that maybe could well
1: funny. have that could well have happened. Well I think you should give them a pay cut based on what I'm hearing. Exactly. I, you know, exactly. I mean I, yeah I'd cut it in half. This exactly. is ridiculous. And
0: your blue tick verified they're not so
1: we exactly are. well yeah. that that blue check mark alone makes me worth easily twice what you're paying them.
0: <laughs> well thank you very much for joining us and thank you very much to you the Chiefs Kingdom for listening in. I hope you've enjoyed the show. If you've enjoyed the show please hit the subscribe button on either iTunes or SoundCloud. If you're feeling extra nice, please leave us a review. We do love hearing what you guys think of the, the show, good or bad. And If you feel like we need to improve on it anyway, please let us know. If you want to hear more Seth, go and listen to Seth's show because um, we can't get him <laughs> on every week. Uh, yeah,
1: so. All I do, uh, my show is just me chatting. So <laughs> it's, it's dreadfully boring unless you're a, a film nerd.
0: I disagree. I listen to it every week and I find it very informative. No, oh, you, I appreciate it. I love, I love what you do, Seth. No, But from, from me, Tom Charles, and from Seth, and from one kingdom to the other, mm. I'd love to say thank you very much and um, we'll speak to you next week.